previously on Wild Endeavors. The party learns their troubles didn't end with their escape from Hal House. They learn that they are trapped in the Vale of Karsaro, a land cursed so that none may leave, even in death. An uneasy alliance forged in the dangers of the house begins to strain, but the adventurers begrudgingly decide to stay together, bound by their desire to leave this place, and because their slightly disparate goals seem to be leading them all north, toward Karsaro Keep. As Leandro sets about on some secretive errands, the rest of the group head west to follow up on a lead on some new information. This is the Shadows Campaign, featuring Adam Rogers as the human warrior Hans Gregor. I assume we mosey along unless somebody else wants to get forced choked. Evan Chamberlain as the elven wizard Leandros Lubakar. Is there a uh, private room that I could use? I need some privacy, if you know what I mean. Amy Jostino as the tiefling thief Calico Bane. Well, that sounds easy. I am a thief after all. Devin Salisbury as the human gunslinger Quintus Arias. If you're willing to help me track down these brothers, then I can definitely consider looking past any sort of earlier transgressions. And I'm Thomas Marsetti, your DM with an unrealistic and completely unearned confidence in my attempts at a southern accent. And now, Chapter 17, Starless Skies. Calico, Hans, and Quintus, you approach the witch's cottage. The cottage is off in the woods. This is kind of just at the edge of the Darkwood, where the Darkwood kind of comes east and south a little bit, like toward, starting to kind of wrap around the edges of Charwood. So it's not the, the thickest part of the forest. This area is more more typical type forest. That being said, this is probably like the second or third day of your stay in Saramore. And you still can't tell the difference between night and day, because the sky is pretty much black the entire time. Although Cornelius and everyone else who lives there seems to know like exactly what time it is all the time. A little ways out from the cabin, but still kind of in the vicinity, this area is very quaint. There's even like a small little trail that goes through here. It looks like a cart path that maybe farmers take to, to get into Charwood. This cottage is maybe about half a mile off of that path. There is just a small little clearing around the cottage. It seems to be a, a fairly large, like one-room cottage. There's you know a little window on each of the four walls, a thatched roof, and there's a brick chimney coming out of the top, and there's a, a pretty healthy amount of smoke coming out of the chimney. It looks like it'd be very very, like warm and cozy inside. There is some light pouring out of the windows. It looks like mostly from a fire that's you know producing the the smoke, as well as probably maybe a couple of like torches and braziers inside. From kind of the edge of this little clearing area, you don't see any movement inside the house other than the flickering of fire. So, what would you like to do? No, this man says that he. They, they took it from him. Are we sure that maybe they didn't win it from him somehow? Um, just, be, just be on guard, I think. 
No, but at this point... I'm just saying, as a reminder, we're in a shady place with a lot of shady people, so... I wouldn't be surprised if somebody's trying to get one over on us here. I'm always on my card. Can't sneak up on me. I'm here, we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, we got Han. Big, strong Han. Uh, if we're gonna, like, sneak up to this house, or are we gonna, like, knock on the door and pretend like we're looking for somebody, or... Why don't you go knock on the door and distract them? And I, is there, can I sneak in a window in the back? Is that possible? Does anybody have a, uh, how do I ask this in game? Quintus, are you a people person? <laughs> I mean, you guys remember our first meeting, right? <laughs> yeah, but that was when there was a dead body. It's kind of different. I'm more of a shoot first, ask questions later. Oh, great. I say to, um, Calico, uh, I'm not, not a very good liar. Okay, well, I will try. Can we see where the people are in the cottage? From what you can see through the windows, you can't see much of any movement or where there might be people inside the cottage. Okay. That being said, like, it's, you're kind of trying to look through windows from a distance, so... True. Can I try to use my scope on my gun, see if I can spot anything at a distance? Are you looking just for the people in the cottage, or, yeah. like... Any sort of life um, it was like probably within like the cabin area or the area we're approaching at least. Okay. Are we close enough for me to detect magic? Yeah. I'll let him do his thing and then I'll okay. detect magic. With your scope kind of taking a look around the clearing and the, the cottage itself, it's giving you a pretty good look inside those windows, but you're not seeing more. Again, like it's more about the angle that you're at and oh, okay. the, the limit of the, the size of the windows. Gotcha. Um, you can definitely see inside there is, you know, there's like food on some tables or some like, you know, roots hanging on the wall to dry. There, uh, like if there's a stump and an axe out back where they've split some logs. Um, there's definitely the signs of is life there, around the is, cottage. It seems like at least a fire in the fireplace because there's also smoke coming out of the right. chimney and then probably like maybe a torch or lantern or some other source of light inside the cottage um, just from the way some of the shadows you can see are being thrown there's at least two significant sources of light inside the cottage I'll let them know that is there an entrance in the back Can I go around back yes yeah there's a little door out the back and there's the door that I guess like what you're what you're consider the front only given that the you know the wood pile is on the one side of the house could we do like a triangle, like Calco knocks on the door, Quintus is like off to the side and can signal me if like I should go in the back door? You certainly could. Uh, yeah, but I was going to detect magic first. Okay. And also, can I do a discern reality after I detect magic? Sure. Yeah, roll plus intelligence for your detect magic. Nine. On a nine, you okay. draw unwelcome attention take a minus one on going, or you forget the spell until the next time you can prepare. I'll forget the spell until the next time I prepare. Okay. There's definitely some strong magic coming off of this little cottage. Not only some, like, there's some bright spots inside. You can kind of even see some of them, like, through the walls. They're bright enough, and then there is just kind of a faint sense of that, that shimmer that you see when you're detecting magic. There's just a mm -hmm. faint shimmer kind of around the entire cottage in like a little bubble. Interesting. I will tell the others that I will roll for discern reality. Ha-ha! Uh, 13. So you get three of those questions. What here is not what it seems. This one feels maybe like a little bit obvious, but it looks like a pretty typical 
you know, small little cozy cottage, uh, but it is almost certainly not that. In so much as that while you are kind of watching the shadows dancing inside the cottage and seeing the shimmer of the magic in the air around it and near you, uh, I think you almost get the impression that this place is not a cottage at all. It is just something made to look like one. What should I be on the lookout for? Um, the people who live here. Oh, fun. <laughs> and zero help. Like, these questions do nothing. <laughs> Jerk. You do have a plus one they, when acting on those answers, so. They, they do actually discern the reality of what's happening. Mm-hmm. What is it about to happen here? Okay. This one we're going to do a little bit differently, so bear with me for just a moment. As you are scanning the cottage and approaching the front of the house, um, it is maybe about like 25 feet uh, wide. There's a, 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 not super small, but like a smaller like wooden door. Um, next to that is like a round window and you can from this angle as you draw closer you can definitely see the fire in the fireplace um, and some of those a lot more of those like roots and uh, like plants and things like that hanging on the one wall like to dry do as... i recognize any of these for like poisons and stuff i think that you would recognize a lot of them just because of your your knowledge of herbs like the you know you you know which ones you need for poison but you probably also have just a pretty good general or alchemical knowledge of these herbs so but they could be useful later on knowing that what they are in case we get attacked as calico is walking toward the front of the house something falls into place for you something about the way the magic energy was shimmering around the cottage you realize what is about to happen is that someone who was alerted by you casting your spell is about to confront the party. So you can't do anything to stop that. But in this coming scene, as things are unfolding, when you decide you want to do something, essentially you, you will have the first action. Nobody's going to be able to make a significant move without going first, or at least having the chance to go first. Hans, you hear a voice behind you. It sounds like a young girl. You must be very brave, mister, to to attempt to violate that house. You turn to see a young woman, not a child, because you you all were mad that there have been so many children lately. (laughs) Just kind of peeking around one of the larger trees nearby. And she's kind of wringing her hands like she's very nervous, but she's also like leaning out maybe a little bit farther than she needs to. Like she's very interested. Hi there. Hi. We should be quiet. Oh, yes. You like being quiet? (laughs) I, I would assume that's a good idea for this house, but since since you all are here, you don't seem to be worried. Why are you here if you're so worried about this house? I was just going back home with some vegetables, and I, I heard you talking about something, and I came over to investigate. What kind of vegetable? She, like, goes back behind the tree and, like, comes back with, like, a basket, and it's, like, a bunch of potatoes and carrots and some beets and things like that. Do you know who lives here? Yeah, the the witches live here. Do I see this person? Yes. Okay. I just want to have, like, my gun pretty much aimed on her from the distance. Okay. Just <laughs> trying to, like, see what's going on, because I can't hear them from here or anything, so... Mm-hmm. 
I ask, um, what do you know about the witches? I know you shouldn't mess with their house. And how do you know? How do you know no one should mess with? Well, everybody knows. Was she a ghost? No, she is not a ghost. I ask her what her name is. I'm Cordelia. Where are you headed right now? Back home? Yeah. You should probably run along. Don't worry about us. We'll be fine. She says, okay, very well. Uh, and she snaps her fingers. And the three of you find yourself sitting around a table next to a roaring fire in a fireplace. I knew it. Cordelia is standing near the far wall that you can now see is completely covered with shelves holding potions and jars of strange powders and some unsavory looking things suspended in liquid. It's from these shelves that most of the roots and plants are hanging to dry. There's one small bed off to the one side. There's a bookshelf across from that that has a number of books, uh, as well as all kinds of odds and ends. Hans was, like, just about to say, we're not here to hurt anybody. (laughs) 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 She's staring at you, and as she tilts her head to the left a little bit, so what is it uh, you're doing here? Hans says to everybody, so this is Cordelia. (laughs) Hi, Cordelia. We just met outside. (laughs) He's very nice. I can be, when it suits me. Well, I think this situation might suit you. Honestly. I'm very parched. The, the girl tilts her head to the right side and then suddenly says, What are we even doing wasting our time with these fools? She then tilts her head back to the left and says, Don't be so rude. Maybe they will be of use to us. In Charwood, Leandro sits by a cozy fire in the small, almost charming home of Cornelius Israel, the man who helped the party after they left Hell House. Leandros had elected to not go with the party to the witch's cottage, electing instead to attend to other matters. Uh, Leandros is going to go and uh, bury his uh, deceased friend, Finn. I'm going to enlist the help of our kind hosts uh, by charming person on him. Okay. <laughs> Just um, when he's alone by himself. Sure. You have yet to see his partner, even though he's talked a couple of times like, oh, when my partner comes back or, you know, if... If he comes back when I'm not home, let him, you know, say this. It's been three days now, and you haven't seen his partner yet. I'm going to assume he's probably crazy then. Mandros assumes the worst in people always. So tell me a little bit more about what you're doing. Kind of set the scene for your approach to Cornelius. I got you. I got you. I would uh, probably walk up behind him while he was at the, the in the kitchen doing something. Or I'd walk up and say, "So, uh, Cordelia, I say his name wrong on purpose. Could I ask a favor of you?" And put my hand on the back of his shoulder and cast Charm Person on him. Okay. Roll that up. Twelve. Well, he turns and kind of looks over his shoulder and he uses, "Why, of course, I would. I would do whatever I could to help you, friend." I'm sure he's well aware of the the dead body in his spare mm-hmm. bedroom. Yeah. See my friend over there. I'd like to give him a proper send off. But of course. Go go get his body. Cornelius goes right away uh, and gets Then's body, carries him outside, and puts him in the back of the cart. Gets the horse connected and ready to go. And then the two of you are off. Where are you taking Then? I'd have him like take me to like towards the edge of the forest. Okay. And then I'm gonna look at him and go gather me, g- gather me some rocks. I need rocks. He goes and gathers some rocks. I, I need them for, like, uh, you know how people will put rocks over a grave? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it takes him a while to, to go get that many, but uh, he's, he brings you a bunch of rocks. Okay, now I'm going to tell him to go run along. I can take it from here. So he, yeah, so he heads back to town with the cart. 
and as you are kind of preparing to, you know, to take care of Than here, a nearby shadow detaches itself from one of the trees and steps towards you. Um, and you, of course, can, you know, your dark vision, you're able to, to make them out pretty well. It seems to be a, uh, a younger half-elven. She, even in the dark, you can kind of tell, has very striking green eyes. Just a hint of fire red hair peeks out from underneath her hood, across her face. There's a jagged white scar from the hairline just over her left eye, across the bridge of her nose, uh, almost all the way to her right ear. More striking than any of that, however, is her uncanny resemblance to Then. And she kind of just stands there, mostly covered in her cloak. She looks at you and says, What happened? My friend here was betrayed by one of our own. Who did this to him? Don't worry about it, I've already taken care of it. I think I know who you are. And who is it that you think I am? Say, well, you're obviously of the Nilo heir. I have nothing to do with that name. But yet it's still your name. Not anymore. Why did he come here? He was looking for you. She gets kind of a, a pained expression at that. I I wasn't sure he actually cared about me. He wouldn't shut up about you, are you kidding me? Then's problem was never that he talked too much. So you were his sole purpose. She gets that, that same kind of like pain expression again, and then her face smooths out again. And Did he bring the clasp with him? He did not. He was going to try to do this on his, on his own. Well, with me, of course. See, him and I, we shared a, a very trepidous adventure together through the different planes. It, it, look, it's very complicated. Your, your half-elf, you wouldn't understand. No, but, I, think, I think I do. I'm glad that he could find someone special to share his heart with. <laughs> Let's not expecting that. I, I guess Leandra would just look at her not really understanding... No, I'm being serious. We travel the ethereal plane together. It's not a, a, not a euphemism. We all walk our own paths. I'm just glad that my brother found someone to walk with him, and that he found some happiness in you. Look, if, if, it's, if it's all the same to you, I would like to bury him alone. That is fine. I have no interest in burying my brother. If you were really his friend, I would recommend you get out of here as soon as you can. Oh, believe me, I intend on it. I don't plan on spending the rest of my life here. You have a way out, then. Um, working on that. She just shakes her head. Even if I wanted to help you, I could not. Say, are you planning on staying here? I go where the master makes me go. You know, most people in your order aren't really around anymore. Are you even sure your master's still alive? The master is safe. Here. Here? Interesting. I bid you, um, farewell. I suspect if we ever see each other again, I may be forced to kill you. For that, I apologize. If, again, you were really his friend. I just walk away. And she turns and walks back into the, the little shadow of the tree, again, like the, the kind of shadow where she shouldn't fit, and just disappears into it. I was not expecting that. So now, probably alone, with your thoughts... And that conversation running through your head, you set about your task with them. Just over a half a day's ride southeast, Hans, Calico, and Quintus sit at a small wooden table, 
a cozy but peculiar cottage around them, and the form of a little girl speaking to them with two voices. I ask her, um, is there, is there somebody else here with us? It's just me and my sisters. Sure is how many, how many sisters? It is only the three of us. Here's the deal. We are just trying to track down some of, um, my acquaintances. And, uh, to do that, one of the men who was going to give us information asked us to retrieve something for him. Her head tilts to the right and she says, He asked you to steal from us. Uh, well, see, I was gonna try more negotiating than stealing. Stealing is such a, like, terrible, terrible word. Hate it so much. Her head tilts back to the left. We also dislike it. What is your negotiation? I was going to, uh, offer my, uh, services. There's something else we could, uh, help you with. We have, we have many talents. We have yes. many. Um, her head. And haunted singles. Her head <laughs> tilts back to the right, and she says, What makes you think we need the help from people like you? Oh, yeah, we weren't assuming you need help. I'm sure you're plenty capable of doing anything and everything all by yourself. However. Do you have any tea? Never answer my question. (laughs) She goes and gets a little pot from the wall and puts, uh, like, pour some water in it from, like, a pitcher on one of the the shelves and hangs it over the fire. Well, thank you. Anyway, uh, and I look at Quintus like. Anyway, we're we just wanted to know if if we could help you and you could help us. I or we can pay you. I've got a lot of gold. Her head tilts left. <laughs> we have no need for gold. That's a good. I figured. We understand that you're very powerful as well. We weren't gonna be fools about it, but are you newcomers who've come from Arthamore? Depends. I, I, I do not come from Arthamore. You are not from Arthamore. No. A pity. Her head tilts back to the right. See, I told you they couldn't help us. Well, I mean, he's not from Arthamore. But what is it you want with the people from Arthamore? Her head goes to the left. That is something I will only discuss with said people. If you are more interesting in dissembling with us then I believe our business is at an end. No, no, I was just asking what you wanted uh, uh, before I admitted that I am one of the people from Arthamore. Then perhaps you may be able to help us. Do you know anybody in Arthamore? Anybody who would be willing to take a little trip? What kind of trip are you talking about? As you no doubt have found out already, leaving... The veil is difficult. We've been told impossible. So it's, I guess it's not impossible, is what you're inferring. No, it is not. Now we're very interested. The the shadow that Karsaro casts across, across the land is not impenetrable. Those who try to escape through brute force have been severely punished in the past. We merely want to send a small message. Okay. You see, there is a residual connection between your teleportation circle and here. Right. We would like to send a message to someone there 
to retrieve an item for us and bring it here. If you are in the process of hunting someone in the Vale, perhaps there is someone you would like to come to your aid, and we can both get what we want. Potentially. Uh, what is it you need them to uh, retrieve? A simple book. But we need to know that it would the message would arrive with a person who is skilled at subtlety or has the heft to procure a rare book. Okay. I'll deliver the message personally. <laughs> it does not work like that. I'm not, I don't understand. You can bring a person here, but you can't send the person back? Right. The shadow keeps people from leaving. But we can send a small message out through the shadow. And your friend or friends could follow the way that you took to get here. Anything more than that, and you would alert the Karsaros. So would we be sacrificing these people or persons that we choose? No, they'd be here with you. And you said you're about to get out. Ah, so that's our goal. With any consolation, I know nobody in Arthurmore, so can I just have some tea real quick while you guys discuss this? Quintus, you would know that one of the Primarchy legions is camped outside of Arthurmore. I mean, I know that, I know that, but I mean, Primarchy comes first. Right, okay. She says, the Karsaros can come and go as they wish from within the keep. Getting into the keep is the hard part if you're not of the blood or a friend of the family. And your friend? <laughs> no. But you were just bragging about all your skills. She tilts her head to the left again and says, We don't care who you bring or what you do with them once you get them here, as long as they can bring us the book. Um, I, I mean, would, I would say the gardeners are out, right? Yeah, I would say the, the class. I don't see why it would hurt. I mean, and, uh, can I ask, what do you plan on doing with this book? That's of no matter to you. It is if, if we bring it here and it harms us. You beat the dogs that don't fetch, not the ones that do. I think I think my friend here may have somebody she can recruit. Would this said individual be able to also leave with us once they retrieve this item? Of course. Is this book located in Arthurmore? Yes. Where at? Is it at the, at the college? Yes. What's it called? The Windforge Lexicon. Calico, you could recruit somebody. Yes. Quintus, do you have, a, have an issue with helping these this three? These three? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, if you're willing to have your your people get involved, yeah. Okay. So, what kind of message are you gonna send? Like, um... like a coded kind of message, I guess. Okay. And I'm also going to include while I'm asking for that help that we are following the silence and we believe that they're here. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so Cardelia goes over to the fire and takes that pot off of the the flames, and goes and pulls like a couple of roots off the wall, pulls a couple of jars off one of the shelves, and begins kind of putting it all into the pot with the water. You know, mutters some incantations, and a really foul smell starts to kind of pour out of the the pot of water, and the inside of it begins to glow, uh, kind of a very sickly green. And then a single, like, moat of light, almost kind of like a firefly, more like golf ball-sized, slowly floats up out of the pot of water 
and it kind of hovers um, in the air for a little bit, kind of just like eye level with Cordelia. And she's kind of like staring at it very intently, and then it just kind of like winks out of existence. Very well. If your friends are any good, they should be here as soon as I procure the book. Can I have like been asking Calico something while they were doing their thing? Sure. Are we are we gonna ask about the necklace or do we not care? Um, I mean, I guess we could ask about the necklace. Because there's two things. I want to ask about the necklace, and I feel like we should ask. They've heard of us. I want to know if they've heard of the two brothers. Oh right. Yep. Cordelia moves and hands you a small little golden coin. The center of it's stamped out, so it is shaped like a crescent moon. And she explains that your friend will be able to track you based on that coin. So whenever they do make their way here, they'll be able to then make their way to you. And then she says, It is done. You may leave. One more question. Two brothers. Supposedly they came through here. Went by the name of Glass? The only Glass we know is probably in Carsaro Keep. Very well. I, I walk out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she then tilts her head to the left and says, Well, are you going? So, uh, the, this necklace that our informant sent us after, can we have it? Yeah. Once you describe it to her, she goes over to one of the shelves and shuffles a couple books and, like, a jar around and then pulls out the necklace and throws it at you and she says, Yeah, it's a piece of shit. Well, that was easy. So we could have just come in here and asked for it and gotten it back? She tilts her head back to the right again and says, We like the people to be afraid enough to leave us alone most of the time, but to also believe that there's hope to get their possessions back so that people like you come to visit. All right, bye! (laughs) For all four of you, the trip back to Cornelius' house under the ever-dark sky is uneventful. And though you can't tell, you all arrive as it would be getting to true darkness outside of Saramore. What, what have you been up to? Oh, I went and buried uh, Master Thin. Hans looks kind of disappointed, but he said, I, I, wish, I wish I was there for that. You didn't miss much. It was mostly me with a shovel. That was about it. Carried the man on my back? Is he nearby? I could take you, Tim, if you'd like. Say a few words. Is he overlooking a, a nice pond? and Overlooking a beautiful hill where I saw a few prancing deer and a, a baby deer that were about to be set on fire. I don't know. About to be set on fire? What? I, it was, I was trying to make a Bambi reference. What Bambi did you watch? <laughs> not that, not the regular Bambi. The grim version of the Bambi? Yeah. The undead flaming Bambi. I'll take you back to him. I say sure, and we go, and then we came back. We had a good time. Where Calico and Quintus gonna go to? Yeah, I'll follow behind. Why not? Ah, uh, sure. So Leandros, tell us a little bit about the gravesite. It's off the edge of a, a heavily wooded forest. Like, I'd say probably about 20 yards before you actually reach the crested forest. If you were to look out into it, it's it's still very misty and everything, but not to the point that, that Cornelius was describing. It's definitely fresh earth that was dug up with rocks all on top of it. No grave marker or anything, and you didn't have anything to make it with, so. Okay. Do I notice anything, like, off about the grave? Does it just seem like a simple grave? Or... I'd say without, you know, going up there and, like, poking around or literally digging into the scene, kind of just standing or even, like, walking and, and just looking around a little bit, it looks as normal as a grave site in a perpetually dark 
probably haunted forest can look. Even then, it's a roughly humanoid-shaped pile of something covered in rocks with some, you know, there's some freshly dug dirt at the edges. Yeah, I was just just curious. I mean, the guy that was just, like, frantically going crazy about a blade a minute ago, making sure everything looks okay. Hans, like, just goes and kneels before it, and I don't say anything out loud at first, but then I, like, place my hand in the dirt, and I just say, Master Then, I, I didn't have a lot of time to get to know you, but... I feel like we could have been good friends, and it was an honor to, to fight alongside you. Dang. I take some of the, the dirt in my hand, and I stand up, and I just kind of drizzle it back down onto the onto the area, and I turn around, and I just say thank you to Leandros for taking care of this and taking us back. You're welcome, Hans. This is some very nice words. He would have appreciated that. And I, I look at everybody in, while we're quiet, and I say... We have to get the hell out of here. We have to. When you get back to Cornelius's house, he's prepared some dinner for all of you. The meal, like his home, is best described as modest but charming. Stew and thick bread and ale. The five of you are sitting around a table that is just a little cozy for that many people. Say, uh, Cornelius. Yes. You know, you keep talking. You talked a lot about your partner while they were gone, and I was here. Where is your partner? Well, I, um, the Casaros have him. Hmm. I, I'm sorry. I, I hate for you to see me so reclamped. Uh, I know it seems silly for me to worry about it uh, like this. It's. It's happened so many times now, but I, I still uh, I can't help myself uh, but to worry every time they take him. Every time they take him? They take him multiple times? Oh, yes. I, I would imagine by this point, uh, almost everybody in the Vale has been taken to be sacrificed a dozen or so times. Maybe not the, uh, the rich folk up in Havenwood, but certainly those of us in Charwood. So your your partner is among the dead, but not dead? I can only hope at this point that he is dead. Uh, but there are, there are many terrible things that they do to us. Um, if they kill you quickly, it's a, it's a blessing. How do they take them there? Sometimes they'll, they'll send some thugs. Sometimes... Some kind of winged creature will get them. I've heard tell of uh, hellhounds uh, dragging people back across the Vale. Sometimes they simply just show up with a carriage and throw a couple people in. Nobody will stand up to them, so... Why don't they take you? <laughs> they have. Uh, why they didn't take me this time, I don't know. Have uh, they killed but... you? <laughs> yes. Yes. Huh. What are they, um... What are they sacrificing you for? I have no idea. It is something dark and sinister, but every time I have been there, it seems to have been something different. One time they just seemed to want my blood. Uh, one time they, they cut me open and, and kept me alive while they carved out pieces of my intestines. Um, sometimes it's and he kind of uh, breaks down a little bit and kind of um, has to, like puts his, his head into his hand 
I says, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm picturing August in, in their hands right now, and I just... What happens when you die? Sometimes, uh, we wake up back in bed here. Uh, sometimes as a ghost, sometimes as we were, um, as if nothing happened. Having only the memories of that terrible experience, um... Sometimes you wake up in a field halfway across the Vale. You're saying you can come back like flesh and blood? From what I can tell, and I am certainly no expert, it seems the more violent and physically traumatic our deaths are, the more likely we are to return incorporeally. But a simple knife across the throat, and uh, you're more likely to return hole. Interesting. Could you help us get into the keep? I don't know what good I'd be to you. Uh, I'm afraid my my skills lie almost solely with the loom. Do you know of anyone there that isn't a psychopath? Is there a weak link that you can tell within the keep? As far as I know, most of us who have been taken have only ever seen the dungeon or one of their ritual rooms. I suppose that those who attend their fancy shindigs may know more, but again, I don't know of anyone from the Vale who would be invited. Again, save maybe some folk from Havenwood. Do you know um, if they had some sort of uniform? I'm sure that they do, but uh, none that I've ever seen. The the keep is up on a, a cliff that overlooks the valley, and uh, they don't take kindly to anybody venturing too near the cliff. I suppose if you if you were very careful about it, you might be able to make your way up there without them noticing. And but what you did from there, I couldn't say. I mean, I would say we're going to get caught no matter what, so... Right. I feel like we just knock on the fucking door. Mm, I'd rather not... Do you have, like, an idea of what the outside looks like, at least? Maybe what we're walking into? Or up to? Yeah, the the keep itself is... um, It's more mansion than, like, traditional, like, medieval castle. Um, It's four stories. The footprint is pretty significant I think I mean I don't want to give you too many details right. um, so to get an idea of the, the footprint this one of the floors has 15 bedrooms Ugh. I feel like the cliff is a good choice though by the way whether we're caught or not it gives us an opportunity to get in there unnoticed it also would possibly give us a good vantage point from if we, if we get caught from that position Landros are you coming with us I intended on it, yes. Okay. Why? You didn't think I was going to come? I wasn't sure. You didn't come with us to the woods? No, I had things I had to do. It's not that uh, I wasn't didn't think it was important. I was just busy. You do also have that necklace, um, which was going to get you some answers from... Oh, yeah, I gotta go uh, talk to that guy. So we'll treat this kind of like a flashback, just so we don't have to interrupt your planning dinner. Uh, so what would you like to ask him? I was just asking him what information he could provide us with the silence, what they're doing up there, and how to get in. 
So he tells you that it definitely seems like there's probably someone pretty high up in their organization is there and has kind of like worked their way into the Karsaro's good graces. He says that silence operatives have been kind of running through the valley for a couple years now, which is longer than you thought that the silence had been operating. And that if you're trying to get in uninvited, it would be very difficult. There are almost certainly some secret ways in, but from what he's heard, some of the guards for the keep are not exactly human. Some of them maybe were human at one point, and some were definitely have never been human. He says if you like if you have a death wish, you really want to get in there probably your best bet would be trying to get in through the front door when they have one of their parties. Ooh, party! If we were trying to uh, obtain one of these invitations, how would we do that? Well, I don't know. You're not helpful. (laughs) (laughs) He says, as far as he understands, that when they hold one of those parties, it's mostly for people uh, from outside the shadow. That they, you know, they, they do something and that people from outside are able to come in to the keep and they have their big party and mm. they're like, you know, they're like night of orgies and wine or whatever else they do. And then the people are able to leave the shadow from the party. Interesting. And how uh, do these people normally dress? Oh, I've never seen them. But they're undoubtedly rich. So. All right. All right, so I'm going to go back and tell them all that information. So I say, obviously, it sounds like we need to crash this party. Or a party. Yeah. Um, we need to find out a way to know when there's going to be one. And we need to uh, equip ourselves. Hopefully there's somebody in town that can make can clothes make for us. Fancy? Yeah. We would still have to sneak in, obviously, because we're not going to be able to guess this. At least we'll be dressed properly. Sounds like a plan to me. I mean, I think I feel like we need to move, keep moving closer yeah. to. Uh... Say that again. We're going somewhere. <laughs> we're going. Uh, Why are we going there? That's where the hoity-toity people live. That oh. may be more familiar with the parties that are thrown at the at the keep, and they may have better clothes there that we can purchase. And it's close. It's halfway to the keep. But... Gotcha. I I'm gonna stay here. Uh. Yeah. Okay. No. I I um. I'm not feeling so great. It's it's whatever Cornelius made. It's not making me feel good. My uh, my my soft elven stomach can't take this menial food. Can I? Okay. Tell if he's lying. <laughs> I think given that you already seem fairly suspicious of him, this doesn't seem to be the most convincing. <laughs> <laughs> Can I try to convince him? <laughs> Can I tell if he's lying? Because I find this very suspicious, too. Let's start with you trying to just convince them. Like, what are you going to tell them to convince them? Well, I'm going to, um, while they've been talking, starting to act like I haven't been feeling well. going to ask for where the restroom is. <laughs> like, <laughs> while they're talking and, you know, see myself away and then come back and go again and then come back and go again. Try to make it look convincing. Leandros, was he like a noble? He came from a um, a well-to-do family. Not noble in a sense, but rich. Leandros, have yes. you have you been here before? <laughs> no, no, I have not been here before. Liar! Be have you uh, been to the keep? I have not been to the keep. I've, have you I've been, been to these parties? <laughs> Are you from Havenwood? Oh my god, I'm from Senashore, oh if you're wondering. Oh my gosh. Lies. I don't believe anything you're saying now. Why won't kidding. you come with us? 
look, why don't we wait for your person to be here? That way, you know, we have an extra person with us, and I can clear with this stomach bug, and I can actually even pay for most of this stuff if you want me to. Why are you so scared about going? I'm not scared about going. I just. Why are you so scared about going? I didn't say I was scared about going. You're acting really scared about going. We were all very adamant about leaving this place, and now we have a chance, and you don't want to. I never said I didn't want to. I said I just didn't want to go. What's holding you back? Yeah, because I'm not, I'm not feeling great. Uh huh. And the hoity twenty people is not where we need to go. We just need to go there to collect the information. Right. <sighs> and uh, that's on the way to the keep. I don't know many elves, but from what I do know, they don't get sick very easily. So we've all been eating the same food, and you're trying to tell me that only you have the symptoms. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> so you might as well just Look, I, I, tell us what your real issue is here. I'd like to stay here just a few more days, wait for this person we're waiting from, just to be on the safe side. The person's going to be able to find us. What aren't you telling us? Wait a minute. How does this turn into an interrogation? Because uh, you're acting super weird. You've been very strange. You've refused to go with us to several places at this point. <laughs> stayed held, hold up in your room. You're burying bodies on your own without us being able to see. It was also the lie. The lie definitely turned this into an interrogation. <laughs> what yeah. What lie? Uh, your stomach bug, duh. I, that is, I'm not faking that. And I let out an audible fart. <laughs> yeah, but what did your character do? That's nothing new. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we have the same goals here. Why would I, why would I try to hinder that? You tell me. Thomas, I'd like to find an office area, if there is one in this place. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, there's a, little, there's a little study where he was keeping Fen's body. Is there some parchment there? Sure. But I'm going to stand up and go in the other room. Uh, no, because Hans and I still have you cornered, cornered and questioning you. I like this. I like this little scene playing out here. I'd like to write on the parchment, what is Leandro's hiding? And I would take, like to take out my razor and cut my hand with it. And spill it on there. What is this? What is this? <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and read what that razor does? Occam's razor, good for a nice shave. Um, <laughs> the true value is in its ability to, to discern truth. Uh, spill blood with the razor on a written question. Uh, the blood will spell out an answer. After the blade will rust and can only be fixed with the blood of a liar. So you asked, what is Leandros hiding? The drops of blood that you let fall onto the paper start to move around and form into a very elegant script. And it says, the body of Theron Nilo. Well, I clean my razor off and I open the door and I say, where is Then's body? I buried it. Han says, "What what do you mean? I know you're lying. And I know you've hidden the body. You know nothing, human. Hans, like, leaves the house and goes back to the hill where the, the body was supposedly buried. It is Start. a little bit of a walk. That's fine. I'll okay. go. And I'm like, Hans, where are you going? You can't do this. No, I'm going to go, because I want to, like, go and, like, feverishly, like, dig mm-hmm. where the grave's supposed to be. Okay, so Hans has just left. What are the rest of you guys doing? I'm drawing my gun, and I'm pointing it at... I'm turning invisible. I'm saying, I just want the answer. <laughs> Roll to cast invisibility. Eleven. So he does turn invisible, 
Did his, you... did his clothes go invisible too, or just yes, his body? Yes, this is, this is complete <laughs> invisibility. Okay, the, so if both I were of to, you like... do have quick draw, though, so... I think in that moment, as Leandros vanishes, your reflexes are so attuned, like, you can act, like, in that instant. What are you gonna do? Do we have any, like, drinks or anything, Nira? Sure. So one hand I'm gonna throw the coffee, and once I see that, I'll throw the knife. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you the coffee, and then go ahead and roll. Ten? That's a good throw. Quintus, what are you doing? Oh, I'm firing a shot. To implant uh, one of my bullets in him. Oh, okay. One of the tracking bullets? Yeah. Okay. Mm, okay. Much smarter. Oh, yeah, roll your volley. 13. Well, both of you roll damage. That's a four. Eight. Okay. Four is my armor class. You have four armor? Yeah, I took a bunch of feats on the armor. Oh, yeah. Like good or okay. bad. No, that's fine. So the knife you throw bounces off, and you can kind of get that like that ripple of arcane energy that spreads over him and actually also helps you see, again, kind of get that outline of him as the, kind of the ripple spreads over him at the same time that the shot rings out. That does get through the arcane barrier. So that's four damage for Leandros. Leandros, what are you doing? I'm going to go for uh, Quintus, and I'm going to uh, try to just touch him in some way and cast a uh, Charm Person on. So roll a hack and slash for the, the kind of like lunge to touch him. It's a 10. What is your wisdom, Quintus? Your wisdom modifier? Uh, plus two. Okay, so Leandros cast this spell with a minus two on top of whatever your normal modifier would be. Twelve, three, so that's thirteen. Just okay. want him to stop shooting me. That's all. <laughs> well, if you are lying to me, I'm shooting. Yeah, I think that at least for the moment, Quintus is charmed. He suddenly doesn't want to shoot Leandros anymore. Calico, you see the coffee-covered arm reach out to touch Quintus, and you see Quintus, that expression of concentration vanishes. His face becomes much softer, and he suddenly is not as angry. So what are you doing? Do I recognize what happens to Quintus when he does that? It seems eerily familiar to what happened to Hans when you dosed him. What would I know that I could, like, break the spell by hurting Quintus? Because I was going to just, like, punch him in the face if I could recognize it. I think that, like, universally, like, slapping somebody who is seems a little bit out of their wits, like, that's understood to be, like, a good cure. I would let you slap Quintus. Oh, okay. So I'm going to do that. What's your dexterity modifier, Quintus? Three. Go ahead and roll that and do a minus three. Oh, uh, I don't, know. I don't like this. Well, so Quintus's just natural reflexes dodge back out of the way of the punch, and Calico just tried to punch you. I'd be like, "What the hell are you doing, Calico?" <laughs> trying to distract you. Ugh. Trying to what? And then I stab him in the heart with my knife. <laughs> Whoa, Jesus Christ! Ah, <laughs> uh, 
I don't. Okay. No, I'll, I'll roll it and I'll fail that too. Don't worry. <laughs> Hans, you are running under the dark, starless sky, beating away toward the forest, toward where Fen's supposed grave is. When you hear a gunshot ring out through the night, does that change anything for you? I, like, stop, like, in my track, and I turn to, to go back, but... Like, just in my head, I'm like, no, I, I, I need to keep going. Calico can, Calico and Quintus can handle themselves. And I keep running. At this point, I'm angry at Leandro, so if Quintus had just shot him, I assume it was for a good reason. So, like, I already had, um, I already said a while ago, I don't trust Leandros anymore. I'm just mm-hmm. doing it for the, I said doing it for the money. And, uh, so it, that kind of put me over the top if he's been messing with Ben in some secret way that he won't tell us. So I'm just going to keep running until I get to the hill or wherever. Back in the cottage, a terrified Cornelius is pressed against the wall, his eyes locked on the three of you. Gunsmoke still hangs in the air. An invisible Leandros is beginning to bleed from the shoulder where he was shot, but has now reached over and charmed Quintus. Calico, sensing something was wrong, reached to try to smack him out of it, but Quintus was too fast and dodged that. So what are you all doing? Calico, remember our deal. Don't, don't renege on that deal. Can't keep secrets from me if you want me to uphold that. Touche. Touche. You break my trust and I break your face. So let's talk then, like civilized people. Uh, we were trying that and you started lying to us all the time. You didn't need to interrogate me like some type of prisoner. We're friends here as long as I'm, as far as I'm concerned. So, you were the one dodging all of the questions while we were trying to calmly talk to you about what's going on. And again, that's fair. Let's talk quietly. Okay? Uh, we were, until you ruined it. <laughs> All right. You're the one at fault here, so I need you to calm down and tell us the truth. Okay. Well, I will tell you the truth. Okay. So, if you don't mind, and I hold my hand out to hers, I just, I just need you to, to touch one finger. That's all. You do touch him. Yeah. While I am looking at him, I also like I have this knife ready. If you do something weird, mm-hmm. that that's fair. Would roll. you like me to tell you what I'm going to say? <laughs> uh, well, first roll to, to cast telepathy. Eight. Okay. You draw unwelcome attention. You take a minus one on going, or you forget the spell. I'll take the minus one. I kind of want to, like, mute, so I actually don't really know what's going on. Okay. I, I dig that idea. Evan, Amy, and I will hop into a little group text here and go through that. Leandros and Calico reach out to each other, and as the two of you touch, you can feel a connection bridge your minds. It is more like an awareness than an actual feeling. The same way that you know when you want to speak, that your mouth will open and sound will come out. You now know when you wish the other one to know your thoughts, it will happen. And so Leandros begins to silently explain himself to Calico. The cool night's breeze rattles the skeletal arms of the trees that stand watching as Hans arrives 
at the grave site. I start like kind of I don't know how many rocks there were, but I start either picking them up and putting them away, or you know, kind of just trying to move them away as quickly as possible. And at some point, I realize I don't I don't have like a tool to dig with, so I pick up like one of the rocks that has at least like a, a sharp edge to it, and I just start scraping into the ground you... through the dirt as fast as I can. Okay. And being a big guy and having this urgency, you begin moving dirt very quickly. Particularly this disturbed dirt that has not yet settled and hardened again just flies from the gravesite. And so you very quickly get about a foot and a half into the earth before you start to hit hard clay, dirt that has been undisturbed. And you dig a little bit deeper and then dig a little bit around it and a little bit more but it becomes very clear very quickly that the hole that was dug here by Leandros was was only about a foot deep, and there's clearly no body here. I pick up, uh, I do pick up a rock and take it with me and make for, make my way back to the house. At this point, I had hoped to be able to share the contents of the group chat that represented Leandros and Calico's telepathic conversation. Unfortunately, due to the ravages of time and at least one broken phone, the conversation was lost. So I will summarize. Leandros explains that he has hidden Then's body in the woods so that he can begin conducting rituals on it to transform Then into a death knight bound to serve Leandros. Calico begrudgingly agreed to keep his secret in exchange for the promise that Leandros and his new death knight would help her put an end to the silence. As Leandros and Calico stand silently staring at each other, how's Quintus doing? I mean, I don't know. I think he's probably just standing around, like, really confused. He, I mean, he's a very solitary person, and he's trying to put two and two together, like... Mm-hmm. Trying to, literally just trying to figure out like what he's confused about. Well, whatever is going on, I mean, Leandros is a pretty good guy. Like, you guys are pretty tight, so at least on his end, like, it's probably legit because you're charmed. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna battle the charmed. <laughs> Again, I didn't want this to be. I, I, I don't like going around just charming people that are in the party. I just wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's. I think it's just a theme of this campaign now. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, Dad. All right, so uh, where's is Hans made it, made his way back? Not yet. You guys just did your little ET thing and <laughs> had that little conversation. What's Calico doing? Um, she seems super hesitant about what he's suggesting. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm going to wait for Hans to get back and try to talk to him. <laughs> are the three of you just kind of standing there in silence? Oh, oh you want me to... Oh, does she say something to me or I say something to her? Any of the three I mean, of you? I mean, I'll, I'd, probably, I'd probably chime in and be like, what the hell's going on? Um, you just shot me. It's okay. Why, why would I do that? <laughs> that? That's a very, you know, it's a very valid point. Are we cool, bro? I'm going to turn around and try to punch uh, Quintus. Roll it up. Um, you still have that minus two. One. <laughs> um, so, Quintus, Calico comes swinging at you again. 
And again, you kind of are able just to back out of the way. I'm gonna slap her with the butt end of my gun. Oh, shit! <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh... Okay. Hey, can I roll, roll for him? Roll hack and slash. <laughs> What's your strength modifier? Plus one. Okay, so just roll straight 2d6. You're holding that up because that's what you got. <laughs> well, a four is a failure. She is also really fast, and so she sees the the butt of your gun coming at her and jumps out of the way of that. Um, on, go, go. Keep seeing little things flying around, so I was trying to swat them. Oh, you're good. Cal- Calico, can can you just go? Please talk to Hans. Uh, he's not here yet. What do you want me to do? Well, I don't know. Go out. And we'll wait for him outside. Okay. Hans outside. I'll go outside. Oh boy. Wait, 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 Quintus. No, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. As Calico starts to toward the door, and Quintus turns as well, you notice there's torchlight coming in from the windows around the house, and you hear some chanting from outside. Oh, no boy. Um, outside, figures in crimson robes carry torches, their hands held just in front of the hooded voids where their faces are hidden. The flames dance just above their heads like a river of candles. They move on the house, perhaps drawn by the gunfire, or by one of several failed rolls that have transpired recently. From where you are, you can only see out two windows, one in the front and one on the eastern side of the house. Dozens of hooded figures descend on the house from each direction. And from the sound of the chanting behind you and to the west, it's a safe bet you are surrounded. As they draw closer, the drone of their chanting begins to clarify into words. Blood for the blind god. 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 Thank you for joining in our wild endeavors. I'm excited to announce that Devin Salisbury just completed his first game as a DM. He ran us through a great Valentine's Day themed one shot that we will drop on February 14th as a bonus episode that week. So get ready to grab your sweetheart, a few single friends, or just curl up on your own and enjoy this ridiculous romp. As always, if you are enjoying our wild endeavors, please let us know in an iTunes review or talk to us at Wild Endeavors on Twitter and Instagram. Or better yet, tell a friend so you can share the adventure with them. After all, it's dangerous to go alone. Thank you to Kevin McLeod for the great music, and we hope you join us again next week. So that was interesting. That was very interesting. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to start in-game fighting. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just wanted to stay an extra day or two. I'm, I'm surprised yeah. you're still alive after all that. I don't know I'm a very hardy wizard. Mm. I have no, a plus three in my constitution. A hardy wizard that got a tummy ache. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs>
Just had to get the tummy ache. Yeah, I did. 